Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Southern Miss stays alive in the Sun Belt Tournament. Some heroics last night. Almost blew it. Almost but they did not. Instead, they're moving on, and they get the day off today. They'll play tomorrow with a chance to win the Sun Belt. Welcome in Sports Talk Mississippi. I'm Michael Borkey's Brian Haydad. Richard Cross off again today. Again, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's just hanging out at home doing, uh, I don't know, whatever Richard Cross does, I guess. maybe Doing cross things. Doing cross things. Watching the SEC tournament, I guess, with his time off. But uh, we're glad that you're with us. Reorganizing his pocket square collection. Yeah. Oh, what do you think What do you think his closet looks like where his ties are? What do you think that looks like in his closet? It's color-coded. It starts at, like, red, and it's like a rainbow, so it just goes <laughs> through. And they're all, you know, if he's like, oh, I want light green today, he knows where to go for that. So in the typical uh, guy and girl living together, so you don't, you know, people aren't married living together always, there's one closet yeah. typically, you know, if you yeah. have cross money, you probably have three or four. But usually there's one closet. Right. And the amount of space that the man gets is, what, 25% of the space that the, generally speaking? We're pushing it, but yeah. I have a feeling Richard and and his lovely wife are fifty fifty. Well, I'm, I, they probably have they each have their own closet. I'm going to go out on that limb. So. <laughs> Need the closet I, space. I, 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 feel, I feel I feel I feel confident in that assessment. To be totally honest with you, uh, having been to Stately Cross Manor a couple of times, uh, yes, I, I there's no way that they they are sharing a closet. <laughs> no chance. Dwayne says Richard's probably home counting his money. I don't know what he's doing, but he is enjoying uh, this. It's a beautiful day, at least here. Uh, he's he hit the links today, I bet. Yeah, probably so. Which, as you should, if you're going to take some time off and, and you've yeah. got the house to yourself, go play golf, sit by a pool, drink a bourbon. I don't know. But we're working today. It's just putting this out there, we are working today. I say That's that right. as somebody that took That's days off like last week. But anyway, we are working today. Last week, forget about what happened last week. It doesn't matter what happened last week. What matters is this week we we're are talking here. about the future because we're not looking back. Uh man, glad to be with you guys. Uh, appreciate you. Yeah, buddy. Uh, Nine a.m. tomorrow is the scheduled start time, oh. at least on the uh, on the old website here. 
And they'll play the it's winner tough. of Troy and App State. But yeah, Danny Lynch was the hero yesterday. His only hit on the day, one for five, but it was a an important one. And drove home the winning run in Southern Miss moving on in the Sun Belt Tournament. There's not a whole lot uh, that bad. There's really, knock on wood, uh, aside from injuries, the worst thing that's going to happen to Southern Miss this weekend is they end up a really high two seed somewhere. So obviously you want yeah. to win the Sun Belt. You want the ring, especially for Scott Barry on his way out. You want the banner. You want the ring, all that. But it's playing your way into a host spot. Or at worst, you're a two seed in Tuscaloosa. So very little to lose this weekend for Southern Miss and a whole lot to gain. But uh, that was a big one yesterday. That that was big because that would have ended their shot at, at hosting and obviously still very much on the table for them. It was a good win. Just need to probably need two more. Probably need two more. But if they get those two more, if if they win the Sun Belt tournament, I am one hundred percent confident they will host. Yeah, seems uh, like it's trending that way. Uh, David said uh, Richard's probably starting a big dumpster fire. Man, the, the the retention that our audience has on what we talk about on here is so funny to me. I mean, he told that story in one segment like, memor- like six months ago, and. That's a memorable story, though. That's a memorable story. That the Oxford Fire Department had to come out and save him. From a literal dumpster fire. From burning down his own house from a, from a literal dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a memorable story. I, I don't, I don't, the audience remembering that makes, makes sense for me. Dan says he's pulling a Scrooge McDuck and diving into his safe full of coins. That always, you know, that would hurt if you actually did that in real life. Yeah. Family Guy did a bit on that where he dives into the Peter dives in the coins and he comes up and like both of his arms are broken. <laughs> like ah, it hurts. Oh man, six year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. We're going to start today though with college football. Now Brandon Marcello is going to join us at the top of the four o'clock hour to talk about the story that we're going to talk about. That was kind of wordy. You get my point though. Big, I say big, potentially big SEC news. The spring meetings are happening this coming week, Tuesday through Friday, where all the coaches and all the ADs go to Destin, uh, but not for vacation. They don't have the family. They're not hanging out at the Florabama. Well, maybe Lane Kiffin will grab a guitar and go down to the Florabama, but this is a productive week. SEC Media Days is more content week. Everybody's in the same place, so we can just talk about football and just the quarterbacks are here and schedules and all that stuff, and everybody's all the media is in one place. The stuff gets done this coming week in Destin. This is where all the votes happen and all the rule changes happen and things like that. Apparently this week, this coming week, in Destin for the spring meetings, what was thought for a while as a formality is not so much a formality anymore. Reading from Marcelo at 24-7 Sports, SEC administrators hoping for a smooth transition to an expanded nine-game conference schedule may face a stiff breeze of opposition next week on the beaches of Florida when spring meetings begin. Oh, I said Destin. It's Miramar. I guess it's a little bit different, but kind of the, the same thing. In that area. Down, you know, down there. where Down there. That's not, not where Top Gun is. but This is where it gets interesting. And we'll talk about 8 or 9 and stuff here in a second. But the reason why 8 is gaining momentum is fascinating. Alabama is on the verge of a surprising endorsement for remaining at eight conference games 
after Nick Saban voiced frustration with the SEC's three proposed permanent rivals for the Crimson Tide, Auburn, LSU, and Tennessee would be theirs. Should the league expand to nine games? Should the program follow Saban's battle cry, the Tide would join forces with at least four schools in opposition to the proposal for a nine-game schedule beginning, obviously, in 2024. Administrators from all 16 schools, Texas and Oklahoma, will be there. They'll get to talk to people, but they don't have a vote. So they'll be there, they'll be present, but they will not actually get to vote on one of the two models, as you guys know, remaining at eight games, but no more divisions, one permanent opponent, seven rotating. Ole Miss and Mississippi State would obviously get each other. But the other seven games would be on a rotating basis across the league. And the other, a nine-game model, three plus six. Three permanent opponents, six rotating. Ole Miss and Mississippi State would obviously get each other. It was rumored that State would get Texas A&M. And I forget the other one that was Kentucky. Kentucky. Keep keep in Kentucky. And And then then Ole Miss Miss would get State, LSU, and, and Vanderbilt. But then that changed to Arkansas because Auburn raised all kinds of hell because they were going to get Alabama and Georgia. Alabama and, and so Georgia. So they found it that unfair. That's a fair complaint. It's a fair complaint. The rumor, there's a rumor that if they do the 3-6, that Alabama wants state. And now you've got me, I cannot possibly object enough. <laughs> got to have the eight-game schedule if that's the case. I want the Alabama list schedule just once in my life. So let's pause here for now, because this is a a detailed story from Marcel, and I'm glad he's joining us today, uh, because there's just a lot here to unpack, but let's stop there. Nick Saban, remember Nick Saban, the guy that spent years during what we can call Alabama's prime, screaming about expanding the conference schedule, screaming about how, I'd love to play 12 Power 5 teams every year. Now is vocally advocating to keep it at eight because his teams are too hard. Think about that. What a dramatic change in mindset and mentality from somebody that was so vocal that the schedules aren't tough enough. That we need more, we need more, we need more, and now they're about to give you more and you cry because it's too hard. What a twist that is. In this story, it's kind of surprising, a little surprising, because I mean, again, when you're Alabama, you know what what hurts Alabama is this. Like three years ago, they wouldn't have made a big stink about it. Now Tennessee's good again. That's the issue. That's yep. the that's the whole issue here is that Tennessee is good again. They would have been perfectly okay with Butch Jones, Derek Dooley, Tennessee, but they are not going to be okay with Josh Heupel all of a sudden winning 10 games a year Tennessee. You know, and and at the end of the day they have kind they kind of have a point. They kind of have a point. You know, I mean, I know Alabama's the best team and they you know they're going to have to play everybody they play is technically worse than other than Georgia. But my goodness, they, you, you, everybody gets a break, but not them. I, I get where they're coming from too. The other thing I've said is that there's these these power five games that the SEC has already scheduled in. State's scheduled out to like 2032 with some of these games. Yeah, hold that thought because we're, we're going to get to that here in a little bit. A lot of money you're going to have to give up. A lot of money you're going to have to give up if you, if you don't do this. Yeah. So the next layer 
So Nick Saban is now crying against it. But Marcelo reported that there are at least four other schools against expanding. It's an interesting list. We'll tell you who's on it when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio on a beautiful Friday in Mississippi. Don't go anywhere. Mississippi. Here's more. Super Talk. Mississippi. Welcome back. I'm Michael Borkey's Brian Haydad. Great to be with you on this Friday. Reminder, we'll be off on Monday. It'll be a best of show. And we'll do our postseason selection tournament field stuff, hopefully talking about a uh, host site in Hattiesburg on Tuesday. So uh, we're, we're taking the day off, as most of you are, uh, as our company is as well, and uh, we'll, we'll do all that reaction on Tuesday to, to break down all the host sites and who got in and who didn't and all that good stuff then. We'll also have to catch up a bunch on 100 teams in 100 days. Today's is a big brand for Team Number 99. Should we do two today? Just to probably get a jump, but I'm not prepared for it. All right, all right. <laughs> so well, we'll we'll just stick with the one for now. But yeah, we'll we'll have a busy Tuesday with a lot of college football. So a couple of your messages: uh, Alabama already has future home and home games with Wisconsin, Ohio State, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Florida State, and Notre Dame. Good because their coach wanted that to be the case. So then if you want that, it's like it's like my three-year-old. That's how Nick Saban is right now. My three-year-old will ask for things, and when he gets them, is disappointed at them because he's three. And his mind is just all over the place, and he'll ask me to go outside. I'll take him outside, and it's hot. He wants to go inside. It's like, James, I told you it's hot out. And But that's how his mind operates because he's a toddler. Nick Saban begged for difficult schedules. Now he's getting it and doesn't want it anymore. It's like my toddler that wants to go outside when it's hot. It's hot outside. Daddy, I want to go outside. Okay, let's go. Goes outside, it's hot, wants to go back inside. I get it. Yeah, I, I do. Lee says most of the ADs in Coaches do have their families with that in Destin. It's kind of a working vacation. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, But there's actual work being done there, I guess, is uh, what I should have said. Lee also says, only going to nine if ESPN pays more money for the extra SEC game. If not, good chance they stay at eight. And yeah, he points out that ESPN isn't a cost-cutting wave. They are. But the only thing that's valuable is the live games anymore. So, you know kind of bounces themselves out. So there's momentum against expanding the nine conference games. Nick Saban apparently and Alabama are joining a list of at least four that are against it. Here are those four teams. Arkansas, Kentucky, South Carolina, and Mississippi State, according to Brandon Marcello, are against at least those. There might be more, but at least those are against the schedule expansion. Uh, your thoughts, first of all. Makes sense for Mississippi State 
to be to be against it. It, 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 it. it goes with everything I've been saying for the past few months, that you, know, you want to continue to go to postseason games. You want to continue to try to be ranked. You want to continue to have eight, nine win seasons. The eight the eight-game conference uh, schedule is the easiest path to that. It's the path of least resistance. The name I'm surprised isn't in there is Auburn. You would think they would be doing everything they could to not have Alabama and Georgia on their schedule every year. I understand how important the Deep South's oldest rivalry is to them, and you can certainly you'll, you'll be able to renew it every four or five years. But I would I would if I can't I can't fathom Auburn looking at that and going yeah. We definitely want to play Alabama, Georgia every year on top of another team that, you know, they may they may get Vanderbilt, but what if they don't? Yeah. And, and for what it's worth, both models, as we've been talking about for like two and a half years, there are still publications like On3 that are doing the, here's what the divisions will look like when Texas and Oklahoma join. There will be no divisions. Divisions are gone. No divisions. This is the last year of the SEC East and the SEC West in football. It is gone after this season. So enjoy it while it lasts, or don't, because it's going to be more enjoyable when when we move on. But either way, yeah, where I fall on this, because we've talked about this before, but now that it's coming to a vote, which by the way we will know by Friday, likely by Thursday of next week, what the mm-hmm. answer is going to be, because yeah. uh, the Thursday vote is the official vote, the Friday vote is the chancellors, and that's a formality. They'll do whatever the ads tell them to do uh, when it comes to stuff like this. It, it, they'll just sign off right. on it. But if they are going to go to nine SEC games but eliminate the Power 5 requirement, I think you might as well keep it at eight. That, that is where I have decided you might, if you're going to eliminate that requirement, you might as well keep it at eight because for me as a fan, I want as many good games as possible, just as a fan. I want as many good games as possible. But I like the fact, again, that Arizona's coming to Mississippi State this year. That's interesting to me. I'm curious about it. I like that. The, the, the trip to Minnesota later on down the road. That, that's interesting. That's that's fun. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ole Miss and Southern Cal. I mean, that's big time. That, that's Those kind of games are, are fun and interesting and awesome. I would rather have eight plus that one interesting, awesome game to where there's nine interesting games and three against directional you as opposed to nine SEC games and three against directional U. You know what I mean? Yeah. If we're still going to have those three garbage games, and yes, You're Georgia, still Georgia nine Tech power exists. five games. Right. Yeah. So if that's the rub, keep it at eight, because I'd rather see these non-conference games happen as opposed to eliminating like them I for said, most of the league. Yeah, State's about to have a, a, a lot more money. So you know everybody in the SEC is, because... The, you know, the, when the, all this goes on, the uh, the, the, the money's going to go up from the from the SEC. You know, go up quite a bit. But let's say that they go into twenty twenty four and they're like, all right, we're going nine conference games. We don't have a Power Five requirement. All right, so state's going to have to buy out two games with Arizona State, two games with Minnesota, two games with Texas Tech, and two games with Washington State. That's going to be pricey. That's yeah. going to be. Ten, twelve million dollars, probably. And if not, you're one you know, of those schools, you're not. I wouldn't agree to it. I would make you play me. I mean, or you're going to come up with a punitive buyout, one of the yeah. two. You know, because those schools, especially you think about like Arizona State and the flux that the Pac-12 is in right now. Same with Washington State. 
Think about the Big 12, you know, the Big 12 is losing, going to be losing money because Texas and Oklahoma are going away. You think the Big 12 schools are going to be happy about doing business with SEC schools? No, they're going to they're going to squeeze them for everything they're worth. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something to consider. And I mean, that's just Mississippi State. I, I, we've talked about it before. What the you know, what does Ole Miss's future schedule look like? It's it's got it's very similar. It's very you know, it's it's got a lot of teams already done up again. Again, if we go to twenty twenty four, you got to buy out uh, Wake Forest, USC, BYU, Oregon State, uh, Purdue, and Virginia Tech. You have to you. Because I don't think Ole Miss wants to play 10 Power 5 games a year. I don't think Mississippi State wants to play 10 Power 5 games a year. So you're going to buy those out. That's going to be a chunk of change. Yeah. Uh, reading from the story again from Marcelo, who again will join us here in about uh, 40 minutes from right now. Uh, he said each proposal has its share of problems. The eight-game model does not protect some rivalry games, like Auburn, Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, Ole Miss, LSU, and Florida, Tennessee. Or Texas, Texas A&M. When the Longhorns joined the SEC, the three-game model will ensure all of those games remain on the schedule every season. That is a downside. Meanwhile, though, on the nine-game proposal, which Haydad hey, mentioned before, you've got a ton. Actually, only four teams in the SEC would be able to clear their would be able to schedule out nine conference games moving forward: Auburn, LSU, and Texas and Oklahoma. Everybody else has non-conference games scheduled, booked, and everything until at least 2026 before they could do this. Goodness, when, when you look at Alabama, they've got some years where they've got two. Looking ahead to next year, they have to buy out Wisconsin. Then in 2025, they play Wisconsin and Florida State in the same year. Then it's Florida State in 26. 27, it's West Virginia and Ohio State. 28, it's Oklahoma State. 29, it's Notre Dame and Oklahoma State. 30, it's Georgia Tech and Notre Dame. 31, it's Georgia Tech and Boston College. 32, it's Arizona and Minnesota. Same in 33. 34 is Virginia Tech and Boston College, and then Virginia Tech and 35. That's at least $20 million bucks. I, I just That's at Probably least $20 more. Million in buyouts. Probably more. Ohio State's not going to be like, yeah, sure. Let's just, you know, whatever we got to do to get you out of this. They want that game. They want Alabama to come to their stadium. Absolutely, they do. There are up to 38 non-conference games that would have to be canceled. 38. And I saw Andy Staples, who I I like and respect a lot earlier, say that that would be short-sighted to do this for the sake of non-conference games. But you've got to look at a place like an Ole Miss. Yeah, Georgia can afford it. Sure they can. But what do you think USC would would say to cancel these games? You've got to pay this to Ole Miss. And would they be able to afford it? Because not every school... like Ole Miss and Mississippi State have a lot of money. The athletic departments have a lot of money. But they spend a lot of money. Yeah. Because of coaching I mean, salaries especially, another... Ole Miss's budget is really tight up against what they make. They can't just start paying buyouts... For these games, if the if the schools that they schedule are playing hardball, they they can't play that. They can't do that. It's not as simple as I'll oh, just cancel them. Yeah, there are teams I mean, on the it's, fence. It's going to be it's going to be a big paycheck to cut for once for somebody. There are some teams on the fence. We'll tell you who that is when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio on a Friday. 
And on Super Talk TV, Sports Talk Mississippi. You ready, guys? On Super Talk Mississippi. We'd love to have you on the ceasefire text line 601-879-4395 601-879-4395 We're talking about this uh, article from 24-7 Claiming that the SEC's expansion into nine conference games is not a done deal You've got four, maybe five teams that are hard nose, And then a few more that are on the fence Want to keep it at eight Here those are Auburn, Tennessee, and Ole Miss reportedly on the fence, and Vanderbilt has been com- industry silent on uh, what they want to do here. You can't get anything out of Vanderbilt. Coach's salary is nothing. Or um, competitive teams, mostly. But um, Aw. That wasn't very nice. I like Clark Lee a lot. But uh, for a place like an Ole Miss or a Mississippi State, who are at best on the fence... State reportedly is a no. Ole Miss reportedly is on the fence. Because I've seen some of the reaction where people are denouncing the argument of, well, these schools want to make it easier to make the playoff. And the response is from the aforementioned Andy Staples, what, like the SEC is going to have a hard time getting into the playoff? Well, no. Alabama won't. Georgia won't. LSU won't. Ole Miss and Mississippi State would. So far, in the playoff era, what was it, 19 seasons? Ole Miss and Mississippi State would have had three teams combined. So, nine for Ole Miss, nine for State. No, 16. In the BCS era. I'm talking about the playoff era, starting in 2014. Okay, I see what you're saying then. 19 teams, not 19 seasons. No way, that's not right. No, I'm saying it correctly. The playoff error. I'm saying the playoff error has only been. Why were you? But, how but are you with the two teams correctly? combined, Ole Miss and Mississippi State combined, have had right. eighteen seasons. Okay, and would have okay. made the playoff three okay. times combined. Right. Yes, that is correct. So, if you're them, you want it to be as easy as possible if that's your ultimate goal. Because Ole Miss and Mississippi State not only don't win that many games very often, they also won't get the benefit of the doubt either. A three-loss Alabama team would have a better chance, more respect, whatever, than a three-loss Ole Miss or Mississippi State team. You want to bet? You you want to let a committee decide between a three-loss Ole Miss team and a three-loss Alabama team? You want, you want to bet who's going to get the nod? So if you're Keith Carter, if you're Zach Selman, if you're Lane Kiffin, who I, I maybe he has a say, I don't think he does. You want the easier path. 
if the goal is to make the playoff. Because I don't buy the argument that it doesn't make a difference for a school like the two we have in this state. I really don't buy that. Now, would it be better for fans and season ticket packages that continue to go up in price to have more attractive games on it? Sure. But would it be easier to have one less difficult game on your schedule to pile up wins to make the playoff? Yes. So I don't think the the answer or the vote is as easy as some people make it out to be for those kind of programs in the SEC. Good, but not great. Arkansas is another one. When would have Arkansas made the playoff? When? When would they have made a play a twelve team playoff? In this in this in this era, they would not have. Wouldn't They'd have. Never had a. Oh, I guess. Well, they eight. Were they they were eight and four and finished nine and four. It's Pittman's second year. Is that right? So that would that would have been a no. Well, I just I want to be sure about that. If they were nine and three, I need let me double check here. But but not every yeah, nine and three and would make and finish it. nine and four. Not every nine and three, but you'd have a chance if you were Arkansas. You'd be in the discussion. But obviously, the rest, you know, this this the playoff era has not been particularly kind to Arkansas. Question on the text line: Everybody wants the easiest path. Why would the haves want to change anything? Because they have more margin for error. Georgia's yeah, fine expanding to nine. I mean, look at their roster; they don't care. Well, yeah. And they don't care about expanding the playoff. They know they're going to make it. Yeah. They know they're going to be in a 12. I mean, they're already in the 14 playoff every year. Why would they worry about being in the uh, 12 team? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, looking through this now. So in the playoff era, Auburn would have made it once. I think. One time. Yeah, they would have been, yeah, they would have made it in 2017 when they won the West. Auburn. Auburn, one time. in Since 2014. Yeah. Would have made it one time. LSU, since 2014. No... They, oh, they had a game canceled that year because of the hurricane, I think, or something. Yeah, yeah. so they were only they only finished nine and three. The twenty fifteen, maybe twenty eighteen, yes. Obviously, twenty nineteen, and then last year, they would have been in. So they made four LSU. Yeah. So e- even those programs aren't doing it on an annual basis. I just it depends on what you want, and and I'll put a poll out there as well for fans because. Not every fan, not every Ole Miss and State fan I know wants a more difficult schedule. Not all of them. Me, where I sit, I'd love to have every week matter more. But I know Ole Miss fans that are like, no, let me win games. If Middle Tennessee comes to Oxford, I'll still go. Fewer people will go, but I'll still go. And I'll watch the team win, and that'll be great. And then I'll go to the Grove afterwards and pour a whiskey and enjoy a win. There are people that feel that way. And so I... Yeah, I really like and respect guys like Andy, but I, I think that they don't exactly have their finger on the pulse of the the fans around here as much as the people at Georgia who know they're going to win a bunch of games regardless. I just don't think it's as easy for Keith Carter and Zach Selman. I, I have a feeling that, that Ole Miss being on the fence as opposed to State being a hard no is Keith wants to find out how much more money and he'll do a cost-benefit analysis on, okay, the schedule's going to be tougher, but it's $10 million more a year. Can't say no to that. Well, that makes sense. But if it's $4 million more a year, is it worth it? May not be. At least right now. May not be at least right now. 
Dave says, how many Division I football conferences are there? It's 10, right? Power 5 and Group of 5. It's 10. Power, power 5 and Group of 5, yeah. Uh, until every conference champion has the opportunity to play in the playoff. Oh, come on. Come it's on. bogus. We're not putting the, the the champion of the MAC unless they're undefeated, you know, and they, they've shown that they be right. Come on. Let's, let's be smart. If you, yeah, you can't. You can't do that. Yeah. Put, I got, yeah, putting the highest ranked group of five team, love it. All for it. Yeah. And if there's a second high, I mean, if there's, you know, you get a year where there's really two good ones, you get a year where, like, you had a few years back with, like, Boise's undefeated and, I think somebody else, like maybe it was BYU, was, Cincinnati was like made the playoff. Eleven and one. Yeah, fine. Put them in there if they deserve to be in there. But to sit there and say, oh, they won the, uh, you know, they 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 won the AAC, so they have to be in at you know an eight and four Memphis team. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna get behind that. Yeah, like the Mountain West champion, whoever that may be. The 12 team model, right. though, does allow right. access. I mean, for, for Southern Miss, for example, yeah. Southern Miss has had no legitimate access to the playoff. Again, I say this all the time Cincinnati had to go undefeated two consecutive years before they got a shot at the playoff. There's been no access for the group of five. Now there is. Got to have a special season. Yeah. You don't even have to go undefeated. You can really only afford to lose one game, but. The, the access exists for a Southern Miss now. Yeah. It's not the playoff era. I don't. I mean, I don't remember who was ranked what, but I wonder if that 2011 Southern Miss team was the highest ranked Group of Five team. You know, they were what coming out of the conference USA championship game. They were 11 and two. Yeah, they might. They might have been in the mix there. I don't. I don't. I said I have to go back and look at the polls. It would depend on the polls. Yeah. A follow-up from Dave says, then, with that thought process, then we should do away with the basketball tournament the way it is and the baseball tournament the way it is. Here's the difference, though. That that is apples to oranges. You can play four baseball games in a weekend. You can't play four football games in a weekend. Uh, The the, the physical toll that that would... To to do a 68-team football tournament, the physical toll would be catastrophic to these guys. Can't do it. And on top of that, we we just know... I mean, just have to apply some common sense. And then in baseball, mid-majors beat big schools every week. But how often does it happen in football? And when I, I mean, how often does it happen? Once, you know, maybe five times a season? Yet App State beat Texas A&M last year. What else happened? Who else? What, what are the other big upsets? There's one. So it's not, you know, it's not representative. And that was an A&M team that went 5-7. and seven. Wasn't like it was a good one. Either. Yeah. 601-879-4395. We'll put the poll out there on Twitter. And uh, we'll talk to Marcelo here, the guy that wrote the thing, broke the story here in about 20 minutes. It's Sports Talk Mississippi on a Friday. Exciting news. Brace yourself. More Sports Talk Mississippi. Now. Now.
Ed, some folks are, uh, well, actually you on the text line about some upsets. But Whatever. Let, I'm going to speak for Haydad here. He was not talking about, in general, where teams get upset sometimes like a bad Nebraska team. Okay, they stunk. They fired their coach. Yeah, they get beat. Texas A&M went 5-7 a year ago. He was talking about the best teams in college football playing group of five teams. Those don't end the way they do so often. Yes, you had Tulane Southern Cal, for example. Tulane, though, would have belonged in a 12-team playoff. That's who we're talking about. Tulane would have belonged. They would have gotten in, and they proved that they would have belonged. But that doesn't mean that the MAC champion and the WAC champion and the Conference USA champion all deserve the chance to play against Southern Cal when they haven't demonstrated the ability to play against Southern Cal the way Tulane did, which is an anomaly. Cincinnati was an anomaly. Those teams deserve it. But not every group of five champion deserves it. That's what you were saying. The MAC champion last year was a 7-5 and five Toledo team. No, they don't get to play in the Yeah, line ball. them up against Caleb no. Williams. Let's see what happens. Yeah, so... I did, I did go back and look at 2011. So Southern Miss actually was the third highest ranked uh, group of five team. That was a good wow. year for the group of five. Boise Boise at 11 and one was ranked eighth in the final poll, and Houston at 12 and one was ranked 20th. Southern was 22nd in the final poll. But what that does demonstrate, even though they wouldn't have gotten in that year, that access exists for them. There is a path. Like yeah. Before this thing happened, Southern Miss was only playing for a conference championship and hopefully getting into an access bowl. The playoff was not going to happen. And that's not an anti-Southern Miss thing. That was the case for everybody. Like I said before, Cincinnati had to go two years straight of not losing a game before they were given access. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. Or it was impossible. It's not anymore. And that's that's about all that really needs to be done here. The deserving team will get the opportunity. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. And, and Toledo would not have been deserving. Not it. No offense to Toledo. If any of their fans are listening. Including any who may or may not have a mall parody account. The, you know, the mall of Toledo or whatever it is. Shout out to them. Has it ever been discussed on the text line, uh, question here, to schedule like the NFL? Uh, no, uh, because, God Impossible. forbid, college football, you know, get creative. Put a schedule. I mean, you're talking about having to put the schedule. I mean, at the end of the day, you're talking about having to put together a college football schedule for all the teams. For all the teams. In five months, basically. From the end of the season to, I mean, you need to be done by June to give everybody time to scout, watch film, everything else on their on their opening weekend opponents. Yeah. Imagine, you know, the national champion the next year plays. You know, they got to play twelve games, right? So their their twelve games are against the top twelve. I mean, what? How does that work? Right. We get this question: What about a scenario where you have a seven and five, eight and four, power five champion? They don't get in. It's the 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 way the playoff will be selected is the top six. Conference champions. That's it. The top six conference champions. And so if the Sun Belt has a team that's ranked ahead of the Pac-12 champion who's Arizona State at 8-4, and four, Sun Belt team's getting in. You are not automatically in for winning your conference. But 
to avoid things like that, that's why you're seeing divisions go away. There's no divisions already in the Big 12. The SEC is getting rid of divisions. The Big Ten's going to get rid of divisions. The ACC is going to get rid of divisions. I think the Big Ten's already decided that, haven't they? They've already decided that they're going to when USC and UCLA that join. Sure. That's the expectation. I don't know that for sure, anyway. but it makes sense, right? It makes sense. And they're doing that to avoid having a down division with a bad team sneaking up and winning a conference championship. So in the SEC, let's bring it back home, uh, whatever model they choose, divisions are gone. So they will take the two teams with the best records in conference play, and they will play in the SEC championship. Yes, we'll get rematches. We've already gotten rematches. It's fine. It happens. Um, And there, of course, are tiebreaker scenarios factored into that, but it will just be the two best teams. So the winner, it's not going to be a problematic winner where there's a chance they don't get into the playoff. All of these conferences are going to go that way to avoid that kind of scenario, which has happened in the past. You've had an ACC champion. Like, if Missouri would have won the SEC championship when they got in, the league doesn't want that to happen anymore. They want the two best teams playing in the conference championship, and that's how it will be moving forward to avoid exactly what you're asking about. And that's the way it should be. That's the way that it makes sense. So doing away with their division to the Power Five continues their chokehold on the Group of Five. Would you agree? No, not necessarily. Because it's the six highest-ranked conference champions. The The Group of Five is guaranteed a spot in the playoff moving forward. Guaranteed. So, no. No. Uh, it's not uh, putting a chokehold on them at all. It uh, They have access now. We're going to talk about what we've just spent the first hour on with the guy that broke the news, Brandon Marcello of 24-7 Sports, going to join us next. More Sports Talk Mississippi now. now. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you at Sports Talk Mississippi on a Friday. I know, I, did, I, I didn't have time to get the, the song, I know. That's not what the man asked I for. Know. I know, I, I didn't have time. It, it just takes a little bit. It's a process to get music loaded into this system. I, it just just hold your phone up to the thing. I, I could have done that, I guess. Uh, I could have. But yeah. uh, excellent reporting from Brandon Marcello. Uh, we spent the first hour talking about it, the scheduling stuff, coming to a vote next week. So we might as well talk to the guy that did it. Brandon, thank you so much for your time on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Let's just start here. Very detailed, really good reporting from you. Uh, let me start with a question, though. Were you surprised that Nick Saban, of all people, knowing his history of begging for more difficult schedules, is now championing, championing keeping it at eight? I think he's uh, posturing a little bit uh, to maybe bend the SEC to his will and that he just does not like the idea of having to play uh, LSU, Auburn, and Tennessee every single season, every year. The problem is there's really not much room to maneuver with that. And if you ask him to drop LSU off the schedule, 
that's probably a no-go because that's one of the biggest games of the year. Same with Tennessee, obviously. That's a historic rivalry game, and they're not touching the Iron Bowl. It's just I think Nick Saban is, you know, I hate to say whining, but he tends to do this. He finds something to kind of get on every spring meetings, and for now, this is it. What's going to be interesting is what's the tenor of that meeting room like when the coaches enter there this week, and do they kind of side with Saban and go, you know what, finally we got a big boy program saying, hey, we don't want this nine-game schedule. Maybe we can convince others to come back around to the eight-game schedule. That's maybe some of the thinking there. Um, But, you know, in the end, it just makes so much more sense to go to nine games, but the fact that Saban's leaving that door open and for that matter has convinced Greg Byrne, his athletics director, to be more open about it going into their meetings, uh, that's substantial. How much of this, Brandon, is, you know, two or three years ago, I don't think Saban has as big an issue with it, but now that Tennessee is good again and looks like they're going to be good for a while, how much is that playing into this? Uh I think it's interesting because, I mean, Saban, you talked to him like three, four years ago. He liked 10 game schedules, <laughs> you know, in the SEC, yeah. let alone nine game schedules. Um, I also think that they've also toughened up their non conference schedule in the future going forward, almost like a farewell tour that they have put together for Nick Saban with the likes of West Virginia on there, Ohio State you know, playing two Power 5 opponents in the non-conference schedule, you know, several times coming up. I think by far Alabama and Florida have the toughest non-conference schedules in the future of the SEC, whether it's an eight-game schedule or nine-game conference schedule. Um, and I think that maybe that's changed his thinking a little bit, too, because then, like, these games have been scheduled out for the last several years. Things have, have changed quite a bit. Um, you know, you're talking about Alabama playing two Power Five opponents in a non-conference schedule every year between 2024 and 2034. That, that's a, that's really an insane pull there. Um, for as many jokes as Alabama's gotten in the past about playing an FCS opponent the week before the Iron Bowl or whatever, they still have one of the toughest schedules in all of college football. And for that matter, it's about to get tougher. And then you know, there's that financial aspect of this too, Brandon, because they're going to have to buy out some of these Power Five games. I assume, I assume they will not keep a a tenth Power Five game, especially schools like Mississippi State, Ole Miss. How much money does it take on average if you want to buy somebody out at this late juncture? Say somebody like from Mississippi State, Arizona State, and you know the next two seasons. It's very difficult, you know, and it it depends on the contract. Every contract is different across the country, you know, but most of these buyouts are in the, you know, six figures, obviously approaching maybe the full buyout of a game's value, which is like usually like a million, million and a half dollars. And if you're sitting there, like say Missouri, which actually supports the nine game schedule, they have the most non-conference games scheduled out throughout the next, you know, decade plus they've got eight non-conference games that they would have to move or straight up cancel most likely cancel, and you're talking easily, you know, several million dollars, if not approaching close to, you know, seven or eight million dollars if they have to pay the full buyout worth of those contracts. Of course, there's maneuvering to be had there. You're probably not going to want to cancel the bigger games, some of the Power Five games you've got on your schedule. Maybe you could just go cancel your FCS game or your lower tier Group of Five game, which will have a lower buyout usually. 
But we're talking, you know, across the SEC with 38 games, you're easily talking about probably at least $15 million total off the top of my head. And you would hope if you're an SEC team that you counter that and more with extra money that ESPN is going to pay the SEC. But that's the other issue with all this. Based off my reporting, the SEC has not had a final number presented to them by ESPN of, hey, here's what we'll pay to you for this extra inventory provided with these extra conference games starting in 2024. And at the very least, athletic directors and administrators across the SEC have not heard what that is. They're hoping to hear final numbers when they meet in Destin next week. Um, and, you know, a lot of these schools, especially Kentucky, have been using that as ammunition in their fight against going to nine games, going, well, you don't even know what we're going to get paid for this. We're not committing to this unless we know the final details. And for that matter, if ESPN is going to lowball us, then we're not going to play ball. And that's a big concern right now, considering the media industry as it is right now. ESPN is cutting back on, on, on payouts right now. They've got to prepare for other contract negotiations with the NBA coming up, F1, um, UFC. And then also, um, as I mentioned, Disney and ESPN, they are cutting back thousands of jobs. And, you know, they were in the running for the Pac-12 Tier 1 rights, but it's apparently pulled out of that because they're not all too interested in paying the type of money for that. So you're asking ESPN to give up more money to the SEC, which I'm sure in the end they would do, but are you actually going to get the full value of what you probably could get in a quote-unquote normal year? We're, we're in a very bad time in the media industry. Visiting with Brandon Marcel of 24-7 Sports. Uh, Brandon, you, you reported – uh, that one of the teams that was uh, on the fence was Ole Miss. Uh, to your knowledge, is it as simple as they're waiting on that number before they come to an idea of where they would lean on this deal? And uh, part two of that question is, what does the vote have to be unanimous? Uh, what, what is the number that they have to get, the number of yeses, in order to, to pass a scheduling model one way or the other? Yeah, you know, first off, Auburn, Ole Miss, and Tennessee are kind of sitting in the, on the fence there. I, I think Auburn will go one way or the other no matter what. Tennessee is a bit unpredictable at the moment, but I think they are leaning toward nine because they obviously want to continue playing Alabama. I think Ole Miss for a while had been leaning toward eight, but is a little bit more open to the nine-game <clears throat> schedule idea. But I think all three of those are kind of coin flips. They'll just side with whatever the majority is. And when it comes to voting time, if they'd say, hey, we got to vote this week, which is what everybody's expecting, all the administrators are expecting next week, all they need is a majority of votes. So, but the problem is, is the SEC historically, and you've heard this all before, heck, uh, remember when Texas and OU was joining the conference two years ago, they want a unanimous vote. They didn't want Texas A&M being the lone dissenter. Um, even if they were voicing it in the room, they would always have to say, listen, we got to make this unanimous, so it's going to pass. You might as well vote yes. So that's what will happen with this, whether it's an eight-game or nine-game situation. And remember, they'll need to have a vote either way because even if they do stick with eight games, they're going to change the whole model. They're going to go with that one permanent rival and seven rotating uh, uh, teams and also abolish the, the divisions. So there's a lot of stuff they got to work through with all this, and if they were to delay a vote once again this, this spring, obviously they'd have to get something done, I think, this summer. But that would just show you that, again, that this is moving maybe more and more toward them sticking with an eight-game model and perhaps kicking the can down the road. I don't think this would kill the nine-game idea, 
but I do think it would delay it at least two years. And that might be the smart thing to do. Talking to several ADs across the SEC, that's something that was pitched to me about maybe we just hold off on this for a couple of years. We go with the eight-game model. This buys us some time to play some of these non-conference games we've already scheduled for the first two years. And it also provides us more time to see how the college football playoff shakes out in those first two years and how just strong our schedule is and how it fits into the playoff and whether we're getting as many teams into that 12-team playoff as we hope with an eight-game schedule, or maybe we'd be better fit with a nine-game schedule starting in 2026. we got 60 seconds, Brandon. When we talk about this next week, what are we talking about? Eight-game, nine-game, or will they kick the can down the road? Your prediction. I I, I don't know. I, if cool, if Hill's cool heads prevail and they're smart about it, they'll go nine games. They should have said nine games last year. Um, Texas and OU have been on get on board with nine games the entire time. Seven schools right now are firmly in the nine-game camp, and that could easily go to eight or nine, and then you have a majority. Um, and if there's a majority, then you just vote for it and go with nine games. Pay the payouts. Cancel those other non-conference games that you have to. They can afford it. They'll get enough money from ESPN. Everybody will be happy. And in the long run, it'll help the SEC. They should go with nine games. Vote on it next week. Brandon, excellent reporting. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And, uh, of course, keep up keep up the good work. All right, see you guys. Thank you. Brandon Marcello joining us from 24-7 Sports on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. How are you going to vote if you don't even know how much money you're going to get? We'll discuss when we get back. It's time to get real. Real sports talk for Mississippi. It's time for you to get real with it. Sports talk Mississippi continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Kicking the can down the road. I don't think that will happen. I think they're gonna make a decision. They gotta get these schedules out. They gotta let people start. They gotta start letting people know. So if he, if I understand it, if they do kick the can down the road, it will be the one plus seven model for two years, right? That 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 was the answer. I guess, yeah. Yeah, I mean that makes sense though, doesn't? It? I mean, maybe that might be the right choice. Just trial run. You know, let's see how it looks for a couple years. You know, we'll trial run. Jeff says that would be like not, selling your gonna... house without knowing how yeah. much they're going to pay for it. We're just going to lease the BMW. We're, we're not going to buy. We're just going to lease, drive it for a couple years, see how it feels. Oh man! By the way, our poll sixty-seven thirty-three in favor of keeping it at eight. Got smart listeners. Anecdotal, of course, because it's a Twitter poll, and as we know, Twitter is uh, not real life. Hey, this might make you that laugh. Is correct. It's a it's a political based thing, but but I found it funny. So, oh, no. I, but there, there's no opinion here other than I, I find it funny just to know that Twitter and the way people act on there is not real life, and the reaction on there is not real life. And like a company basing decisions based on Twitter reactions, a bad idea. So Ron DeSantis yeah. announced he was running for president. The launch, even though everybody knew it was coming and they even had videos beforehand, was supposed to happen with an interview on Twitter Spaces, which is like an correct, essentially like a live Twitter radio show. 
Yes. And so many people... Anybody can host one. ...wanted to listen to it that it crashed the server. And they it took them a couple hours to get it working correctly to where they could conduct the interview for over a million people, I think is how many have listened to it so far. Mm-hmm. But there was a political analysis article that I read about that where political media made a huge deal out of Ron DeSantis' announcement is a disaster. Will this set his campaign back and all that stuff? Just the reaction was like that. And it, the the analysis of that was that shows nothing about DeSantis or his campaign or his the failure of it. And all it does is demonstrate how completely and totally online political media is to think that that is a big deal where it affected absolutely nothing about his polling or favorability numbers at all. Like it impacted nothing about his prospects to be the president of the country, but political media called it a disaster because they are perpetually online. Very good. Moving on. <laughs> just, but that, that's that's how it is, man. It, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not putting a toe in the pool here. I'm not doing this. Yeah, I'm not just, doing that with you. Political no. media spends too but much time online. But if you want online. to, on Tuesday, Paul Gallo will be on. Yeah. Uh, you can hear from him. But, yeah, a, a failed t- Twitter space is not going to impact a, uh, a, a presidential campaign. It's, it's just not. I it. never had a failed uh, Spotify green room is all I'm saying. It, all of them were awesome. Does, does that still work? Does not. It's no longer uh, in service. So, uh, gonna have to figure something else out for the other uh, fall. That's a shame. Maybe Twitter Spaces. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if it can't handle that kind of volume, how's on earth is it going to handle what I bring to the table? Exactly. And, Number one rated sports podcast, sports news podcast in the country. What are we doing here? Yeah. Uh, we got some news in the baseball world today. By the way, I mean, Hayden and I aren't watching the SEC tournament because no. Nah. Why? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched a pitch. Uh, Georgia has fired Scott Strickland after 10 seasons with the program. Scott Strickland is no longer the head coach at Georgia. Took Kent State, right, to the College World Series before he got that job. Correct. Yeah. And uh, now it is open. What should be one of the best baseball jobs in the country is now available. What is not is one of the best baseball jobs in America. We'll see if they, uh, if they decide to care. If they commit... That would be a spot where Dan McDonald could thrive. And I mean, have them doing the things that Tennessee is doing and that Florida has done. They could be winning really big if they wanted to commit to baseball and pay him the kind of salary that he would command. So we'll see if they do that. If they don't, you know, they'll, they'll bring in another mid-major guy or a high-level assistant from another school and, and go from there. Yeah. And a good coach can still win there. But they, that's a school that could put a lot more resources into baseball. It would just be the drop in the bucket, and they, they could win really, really big. Question is, will they? You think they will? That's Do you the think question. they will exactly. stomach? Will those people stomach investing in baseball? Well, I don't know if it's stomach so much as they just say, "Look, you know, we've won two back-to-back national titles in football. All right, we, we, we're, we're good." We're not going anywhere. We're not taking money away from football, but we can put an extra two mil into baseball that we have. We have the money, and we could be, you know, we could win championships there. We can bring in a top level coach who would recruit the incredible amount of homegrown talent we have within five hours of this campus, 
and we could be what Tennessee has become, what Florida has become, what Arkansas is, we could do that. Now, the next step would be, do you want to go build a stadium like some of those schools have? I don't know if you, if you do or not. But you could definitely, I mean, Vanderbilt's winning championships in a Cracker Jack box. Right. Why couldn't Georgia? Yeah. Uh, complete non sequitur. I just, I, I saw this. And considering we've got 100 teams in 100 days next, college football fix at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, Food Friday, I don't know when else I would fit this into the show. You know a few weeks ago I mentioned that Will Farrell is uh, going to work on a golf TV show? You did, yeah. He's doing another sports production. He's going to play the role of John Madden in a, in a movie Boom. that is in production. Uh, David O. Russell is going to direct the movie. And it's going to be centered around the creation of the video game, of the Madden video game, okay. played by That's Will Ferrell. Very interesting. You got my attention. I, the, the Madden game obviously holds a special place in my heart. I played it. I don't play it anymore because it's become such a, you know, it's just broken. There's no other way around that. But from 94 to like 2006... 2007, you could basically count on one of my Christmas gifts being Madden. And, uh, yeah, I've, pl- I've played the hell out of that. So, I, 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 I yeah, my, uh, Madden is such an interesting guy to me anyway. Yeah. You know, he was a great football coach who became a pop culture icon as an announcer and then took that to another level through the video game. So, just an interesting life. Will Farrell playing him have put on some weight. Yeah, he would. Make it look right. Wasn't, uh, wasn't Madden afraid of flying? Isn't that part of the reason yes. why he, he stopped coaching yes. was he had a fear of flight? Yeah, he that's why he rode the Madden Cruiser. He had his own custom tricked-out bus that they drove everywhere to the games. Oh, man, I feel He, he would not that. get on a plane. Yeah. If, if you didn't recognize that name, by the way, David O. Russell, the, the kind of tone that his movies take on, here's a, a few of his. Uh uh, American Hustle, Silver Linings Playbook, Fighter. That that that's this guy. Good movies. Good movies. Good movies. So, uh, but it sounds like it also, might be more uh, like serious. Isn't the right word? It's got to be more light. Coach. It's got to be a little. Yeah, but it'll be lighthearted too. Because Madden yeah. was a funny, comical guy. So, I also own the John Madden tailgating cookbook, full of great recipes. Do you really? I got to check that out because yeah. that sounds awesome. It's old. It's an old book, but I mean, the recipes still hold up. The NFL is so incredibly popular. Like, we talk about it all the time. It's king. It's not even close. Mm -hmm. It is far and away the most popular entertainment entity in this country, and there's not a close second. College football is second, and there's a huge drop in popularity from NFL to college football. How much of that is owed directly to that person, John Madden? A lot. A lot. A lot. I mean, because Madden made the NFL accessible for kids. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you you played the game, and then you knew who the players were, and you went from there. I I think the two biggest things, aside from you know, if you said pick two things from off the field that have made the NFL what it is, it's Madden and fantasy football. You know, those two things have created. I mean, they've made the NFL more than just the game. You know, the NFL was always big, but it was not what like this when I was a kid. You know. Yeah. If anything, it was a little bit more local. They didn't have all the national TV deals. He basically got two games a week. He certainly couldn't didn't have Sunday ticket or anything like that. So 
Yeah, you had you know you just you, basically if you were living in Vicksburg at that time, you got the Saints or the Cowboys, and then you got whatever the AFC game was on CBS, and it, nobody cared about that. I, I could care less if the Dolphins were playing the Colts, and and but you watched it because there was only two games on. And then you had Monday Night Football, and that was it. And I wonder, those of you that don't play video games or never have, you you don't quite understand this, but I wonder if the recreation of the college football game is also going to help grow college football for the younger audience. It will. It will. Can't wait to recruit my first five-star quarterback to Mississippi State, only for him to enter the portal (laughs) two years later. Well, then play him. Make him happy. No, he's still going to go. I can feel it. Oh, man. Hey, guess what? 100 teams in 100 days. Team number 99 is a big one. And we'll talk about that, of course, when we get back in the Pearl River Resort studio. Your number one for sports talk. Anyone? 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 Come on, don't be shy. Sports talk, Mississippi. Bingo, man, bingo. Super talk, Mississippi. Yeah, just because, I mean, Getty Lee just jamming on a Friday. Welcome back. Let's talk Mississippi. Let her roll. But you guys know what time it is. Team number 99. It's a big one on our countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. This day is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. This day is bananas. 100 teams in 100 days. Okay, ready? Three. Tell me if you recognize the fight song. You should. It's an iconic one. Team number 99 is... The Ohio State Buckeyes. Coming off of an 11-2 season in which they had a kick at the buzzer, as you guys know, as the clock struck midnight on New Year's Eve to beat Georgia kick was pulled way, way left, though, and the Bulldogs went on to dominate the national championship. What would we be talking about today had that kick gone in? No, Georgia dominating TCU, that probably would have been Ohio State, and ooh, the narratives are different. Ohio State wins the national title, but didn't win the Big Ten. Yeah. And you know... And we think about you know Ohio State and some of the times they've complained that Alabama got into the playoff without winning the SEC. It would have been the same, but finally been turned around. So it's been interesting. Been interesting. What is Ohio State on the FPI? Ohio State on the FPI, I believe, is number two. Let me double check. I think that that Ooh. is what well, they are. So we started so our algorithm, which I have given a name to. Yeah, what is it? This is the, it is the base official reciprocal kickoff event Y axis, <laughs> otherwise known. As the Borky. Hey, even though I didn't come up with it. 
<laughs> I want to put a dash in there. It's the Boar Key. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, Ohio State is number two. Yeah. So Mississippi State was yesterday. They were 23. Ohio State is number yeah. two. So number two in the FBI, but number 99 on our, on our count. Games in 100 days. Ryan Day right. in four seasons after taking over at Ohio State is 45 and 6, 31 and 2. 31 and 2 in the Big Ten. Those two are big, though. And those fans are, are uncomfortable because those two are Michigan in back to back years. I'll, I tend to agree with what Dave Portnoy said about. Him. He's like, guy was born on third base, thinks he hit a triple. Yeah. I mean, took over the, one of the top programs in the country. And it's, hey, look, some coaches take, I mean, you know, Larry Coker took over Miami when they were at their peak and immediately crashed them, right? You know, it happens all the time. You take good coaches, take over good programs, and then they aren't good programs anymore. Ryan Day has maintained, you know, he's, he's had them in the national championship discussion every single season. He's been to the playoff a couple of times. So that's good, but at the same time, he has not built up anything of his own there. Yeah. C.J. Stroud is out at quarterback. We will find out, I guess, who Ohio State will be starting. Uh, no transfer, though. They were confident in their quarterback room because, well, it's filled with five stars. Uh, but uh, we shall see. No, I, don't, I believe there's not a named starter yet, although there probably right. is a favorite coming out of spring. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Come on, guys. It's the Ohio State University. Oh, the. Yeah, we don't, don't, I don't want to get any uh, copyright uh, issues. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, by the way, said, please tell me your big one is Ole Miss so we can go ahead and put them in the rearview mirror as well. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Day, the head coach, Ohio State story tradition. I've actually been to the horseshoe a. Uh, a couple of times. You refer to their fans as cockroaches. They once. are cockroaches. They are everywhere, and they are impossible uh, to uh, to get rid of. But <laughs> I, I think by my count, if I remember correctly, I've been to 32 different college football stadiums. Wow, and the in-game environment, so not like from a noise level, although it's really loud there, but all the like the pomp and circumstance and stuff, that is my yeah. favorite place to watch a game. Tailgating sucks. Horrible. Feels like an NFL game. It is awful. It's in the north. What do you want? It yeah. is. And, and Columbus is kind of big. And the campus is huge. It hardly feels like a college campus. It's so big. But once you get inside the stadium, it's incredible. The band is awesome. The in-stadium chants are really, really great. The sight lines are pretty good. The seats are tiny, though. Like, you're really crammed in there. But Well, all those old stadiums are that way. Yeah. yeah. But the band makes that... It's weird to say. Like, I don't hate the bands. I like the bands. College football games are enhanced by them. I have yeah. not been to a college football game that was more enhanced by the band than at Ohio State. Just My wife very was, different. was in the famous Maroon Band, and... So she likes bands. And I remember the first time she saw the uh, the script Ohio and the dotting of the eye, she was just mesmerized. She's like, you have no idea how di- how difficult that is to do. Like to, to make a band march and keep its shape and be able to read a word is incredibly difficult. And so she, she's a big fan of the Ohio State band. And then after the guy dots the eye, they have uh, him line up in, in the concourse and... 
like sign autographs and take pictures, and there's a huge line of people just wanting to go see the yeah. uh, sousaphone player. It's not a tuba. It's a sousaphone. Yeah, it's a sousaphone. That's exactly correct. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty cool. This year, Ohio State, a uh, schedule that they should be able to navigate pretty well, although a non-conference road game that you just love to see. Uh, they open the season at Indiana, so uh, kind of something mm-hmm. Conference there play, for you. you do. Youngstown State at home, Western Kentucky at home, and here's the game I'm talking about. They go to South Bend at Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah. That was a good game last year in, in Columbus. That was the first, That was a week one game. Uh, it was a little false hope on Notre Dame because Notre Dame played really, really well in that game. Uh, but in South Bend, that should be a fun game. It should definitely be an, an exciting one. But at the end of the day, Ohio State should be undefeated when they play Michigan in Ann Arbor. And it's going to be, I, I talked about it before, Michigan has basically built a roster. They have built a team that is designed to beat Ohio State. It's like, that's the only game we care about. We know if we can beat them, we're good enough to win the other 11 games on our schedule. No questions asked. But we've got to be able to beat them. And they did it the old-fashioned way. Two tight ends, fullbacks, running the football. Ohio State is not built to stop power teams. And so until they fix that, Michigan's going to continue to control the Big Ten. It's hard to disagree based on the results of the last two seasons. I mean, they've just gotten mauled. Yeah. They've gotten absolutely mauled in those two games. A very early bye week, so after that Notre Dame game, they are off, and then they host Maryland, go to Purdue, which that could be... I mean, it's been a challenge for them in the past. That's for sure. Yeah, it could be. But Brom's gone. I mean... Oh. Ohio State always finds a way to have one game that's a little more challenging than they need it to be. That's what they do. I feel like that game's coming two weeks later. They host Penn State, which is always a big one. Then they go to Wisconsin. Fickle. Ooh, I like Luke Fickle. Didn't get the job when he wanted the job. Wanted his job. But now he's the head coach at Wisconsin. In Madison, please let that be a night game. Of course, if it is, they'll probably move it to, to Lambeau and put a tarp over the over the <laughs> roof, try to keep some of the wind out. But yeah, that 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 is that is your game. You should circle as maybe, maybe. I don't know if they're ready now, Wisconsin, but they're, they're going to get there. The SEC slate that week is a little light. That's the Georgia Florida weekend. Ole Miss is uh, hosting Vanderbilt, and State is. Uh, Going to Auburn, so that one's got some juice. But if you're looking Great. for watch all those games, if you're looking for a little something, October 28th, that weekend, Ohio State at Wisconsin, buddy, that's going to be it's something. Some, it's got some taste to it. It's got a little cachet. Put me on board. After that, they're at Rutgers, Michigan State at home, Minnesota at home, and then they go to Michigan, of course, to end the season. What's their record? Should be eleven and zero. Should be eleven and one at the end of the year, and then we'll see if they can sneak back into the playoff or not. Probably not because I feel like I just don't feel like they can this year. I feel like there'll be enough good teams around them that make that make it interesting. So they'll go to the Rose Bowl and play Utah again. Yeah, we'll do the famous alum when we come oh, back because gone. I have a gripe about uh, what comes up when you look at Ohio State famous alumni. <sighs> 
And, a lot of dropouts. Yeah. Uh, we'll uh, we'll get to that when we come back. Ohio State, team number 99 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. And again, that's 99 days until our teams start. It's 92 days away from the start of college football season. I'm Borky. He's Hey Dad. We'll be right back in the Pearl River Resort studio. Be a part of the show. We'd love to have you. 601-879-4395. If you're headed home on your holiday weekend, send us a text on the C Spire text line. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Here we, here we go, go. Super Talk Mississippi. Just learned there's a all-you-can-eat Chick-fil-A in Oklahoma. It's on campus. How do they make money? Yeah, seriously. There's no way. The overhead at that, I mean, I would eat eat like 60 nuggets a day. I just couldn't go. I, I like I, I going there would be very, very bad for me. I just I would have to avoid going there. I couldn't do it. I would never leave. Yeah, it would be bad. So apparently, you can get all the fries, nuggets, or sandwiches you want. I, I, are you are you serious? At a Chick Fil A? That sounds like a Sorry great to get place away from for Ohio State, but this is a oh, I don't care. A much better, bigger story. This is a much bigger story. Sounds like one of those places where you could do a perfect fantasy football punishment. Twenty four hours in the all you can eat Chick Fil A. I uh, see. It's only open ten to five. Oh. Ten to five. They close so at you, five. Yeah, they close. I guess that's when their union well, might close. Or well, something. I don't and know. they probably the don't want people close. that have uh, partaken in the. Uh, yeah, makes sense. To go there after there that? a lot of restaurants on this uh, campus, by the way. A lot of restaurants. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Oh, you can eat Chick-fil-A. That's outstanding. They, the When I was in high school, Waffle House did an all-you-could-eat thing. And we made them stop that after a couple of trips. I've been yes. asked to leave a uh, a buffet once before. <laughs> you hear four hour. We were there for two and a half hours. So we got there and we, we <laughs> stuffed our faces right away. And just like recovered for a little bit. What kind of buffet? Is it Chinese? Yeah. What is it? Mm-hmm. And uh, we brought flasks and uh, we, we just sat and kind of <laughs> recovered for a little bit and then went back in. And after they realized what we were doing, we were... They, they were nice, but they, they asked us to leave and then like, we... You have to go now. Yeah. So... Yeah, the Waffle House thing, they like you just kept ordering off the menu. You'd finish your plate, and they were like, you want anything else? Yeah. And uh, tore them up two weeks later. That, that deal was no longer. Dwayne says you couldn't eat you that now to... because of uh, your, your change in lifestyle. That's not, that's not a true story, though. I could still do it. I just choose not to. Yeah. You know? The great ones never lose it. <laughs> All right. Roger Clemens still go out there today and... Throw seven innings. Right, he could. Could. Yeah. Wouldn't have the same view. Don't tell me Bo Jackson couldn't go out there and score a touchdown if I needed him to. 
So we did the famous alumni thing for the uh, 100 Teams Countdown. 99 today was Ohio State. Here's my gripe. When you punch into the little search engine here, Ohio State famous alumni. It is not R.L. Stein, the accomplished author, that comes up first. It's not billionaire Les Wexner. It's not Jack Nicholas. It's not Jesse Owens. No. The first most famous alumni from Ohio State is Kirk Herbstreet, according to the oh, internet. God. I'm not, I'm not going to get on board. Dwight Yoakam went to Ohio State. Yes. But Kirk Herbstreet, the most notable alumni. Yeah. Yeah, no. No. The, guy the creator that, of the game of life went to a. Yeah, went but, to Ohio State. But, but, but has he talked about college football on TV with a really bad spray no. tan? Yes, no, he has not. Coyote Peterson? You know who that is? Is that bad that I don't know who that is? So he does a YouTube series called Brave Wilderness, and I just remember him because he would find, like, the animals who he ranked them by sting and how painful it was, and he let them all sting him. Oh, that guy. And so you, he he would give you an idea of what what he was going through when, like, you know, the murder hornet or, the you know, the, the cow killer or, 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 you know, the bullet ant bit him. He would give you an idea of how painful it was. And how long it took him to recover. So, yeah. Ooh, Bruce Valanche. George Steinbrenner? Yeah. They, they've got it's him. Big listed, school. Yes. I mean, it's a really, yeah. really, really, really. Three current really senators and five current U.S. representatives are. Uh, well, is that a positive? Or Ohio State Buckeyes? Is that yeah, something that I they would like, be I proud of? It's a negative. Well, it's a negative, yeah. Uh, although we did say uh, Marshall Blackburn yesterday, so I guess that's yeah. fair. Number one, number one is Jack Nicholas. Now I, mean, I know it's sports, but that he's the top dog of Ohio State alums. I agree. Yeah, I was at a game where he uh, he was the honorary eye dotter in the uh, the script. Oh, Ohio. that's a famous game then. Yeah, that was, was that a cool. Michigan game? It was Minnesota is who they played. Okay. They won forty four okay. to nothing. It was. It was it was not the best day at the at the stadium. Just kind of a boring football game. It was never yeah. in doubt from the first snap. It was like, okay, they're going to win by a lot. What are we doing here? <laughs> it's not fun. Nothing wrong with that. No. Nothing wrong with that. Well, uh, turn the page next to some in-state news. Uh, transfer portal edition. Not at Ole Miss this time, though. Not at Mississippi State. A Southern Miss portal edition. And I do think it. Uh, Creates an opportunity to make a larger point about Will Hall in a good way. And we'll do that when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi. Two hours down before your holiday weekend. But hey, we'll drive you home for the next hour. Stick with us. We'll be right back. It's time for more Sports Talk Mississippi. Finally. Finally. On Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Could use a few pounds. Tight 
pants Before we get to the college football fix, I've got an episode of Dumb Criminal News that i got to bring you. Headline, Kenny Pickett had car stolen during radio interview. This is a real story. Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett had his car, a 2023 Genesis SUV, stolen while he was at an event on Wednesday. The theft, the theft happened on Wednesday when Pickett was participating in a radio interview with 93.7 The Fan at a Chevrolet dealership in Monroeville, Pennsylvania. The car has since been recovered by police and arrested has been made in the case. Here's why the criminal's dumb. The suspect was identified after the plates on his personal vehicle, which he left at the dealership, were run. After reviewing security footage, police saw the suspect enter the dealership and leave the parking lot in Pickett's SUV two and a half hours later. The SUV was later spotted parked in front of the suspect's house. Stole the car, left his car, and drove the car back to his house. Yes. Well, I mean, you know, what do you, what do you want him to do? His only parking is, is tight. Christopher Carter's his name. He's 60 years old, and he's been arrested in connection with the theft. He's here's, 60? He's 60. ripping off cars. Here's oh, the kicker. Gracious. Kenny Pickett's playbook was in his car. The oh, entire thing. They recovered it. But the whole playbook was in the car when it got stolen. <laughs> Could have been much worse. Whoops. Stolen by Lamar Jackson. Yeah, uh, apparently so. But it is time for the college football fix. Driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. A long weekend this weekend. Spend some time test driving F-150. Just leave your windows up in case somebody's going to throw a water balloon at you. Oh, wait, that's only Richard Cross. But he's got an F-150. He loves it. Just ask him about it. He'll tell you been the best-selling truck in America for almost five decades for good reason. The College Football Fix, driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. So Southern Miss got a commitment today from a transfer, another SEC transfer. Former Ole Miss defensive back Elijah Sabatini has announced his commitment to Southern Miss. That is yet another former SEC player in Hattiesburg. Here's the thing that stands out to me about this. Will Hall uh, coaches at a program that could, and we, we've heard from some Southern Miss fans that were worried about the portal and NIL being a detriment to their efforts. And what Will Hall has done, at least publicly, I don't know how he feels about any of this privately. You know, he and I don't play golf together or anything. But publicly, I have not heard Will Hall complain or even talk negatively about the current landscape of roster building and retention in college football. All he's done is used it to his advantage. He may not like it behind the scenes, but publicly, here's an opportunity for Southern Miss to get players that they typically don't get otherwise. Guys that have SEC offers generally don't go to... Sunbelt schools. That, that's just the pecking order of college football. That's how it works. But he sees an opportunity to build his roster with SEC caliber players via transfer portal. It is a brilliant strategy. It is one that is going to give them an influx of talent. 
that defense, because a lot of these guys have, have played defense for them, is going to be really, really good again. It's a great strategy, and I love how he goes about it. I mean, we hear Pat Narduzzi just whining and complaining and carrying on, and now he's going in on Deion Sanders about how the way Coach Prime's doing it's all about all this stuff. And Will Hall could do the same thing. Oh, I don't like how Lane Kiff, uh, Lane Kiffin uses the portal too much. That's not good for college football. Or oh, NIL is terrible because oh, our players are going to get taken, and we got to stop this now. He didn't say that. He doesn't do that. By the way, Southern Miss's highest profile player could have put his name in the portal and gotten people to bid on him and gone to the Power Five if he wanted to. He didn't. There's a good reason for that. Frank Gore Jr. sticking around. And now Will Hall's using the transfer portal to add a bunch of SEC caliber players to his roster that he likely wouldn't have gotten in regular recruiting. It's a good strategy, and I just I love the way that guy conducts his business at Southern Miss. Here's just another example of that. It's another I mean, these are quality pickups for Southern Miss. And if they don't pan out, they don't pan out. I know they picked up Armandus Cooley last year from Mississippi State and that didn't pan out. I'm not I'm sorry, not Armandus Cooley, Aaron Odom from Mississippi State and that did not pan out for them. But you know, th- these are great pickups for them. And this is a good this is this is the opposite side of the portal. People like to focus on what I was talking about sort of jokingly with the NCAA thing that the kids who go from the small schools, they have a great year, and now all of a sudden they have a lot of offers from big schools. But the, every year, I mean, you can only sign, you sign 25 a year, but you can only dress 85. Every year, you know, 15 scholarship athletes at an SEC school, a Big Ten school, a Big 12 school, don't even dress out for games. Those kids are going to be looking for opportunities, and there's plenty of them to be had here at some of these group of five schools. So this is a, yeah, you're right. And Will Will Hall, if there's one thing, I, you know, I don't know him that well, wouldn't say that we're you know, super tight or anything, but if there's one thing I know about him, not a complainer. He no. is a solutions-oriented kind of guy. You know, if something goes wrong for him, he's going to figure out a way to fix it. He's not going to sit there and gripe and moan about it. So no surprise that Will Hall has taken full advantage of everything the portal's giving him the opportunity to do. That's why he's going to continue to build the Southern Miss program into a, into a winning program. Yeah, I fully expect that. I mean, and just pray to the football gods for quarterback health because it's the only thing that's been holding them back. Can't forget what this team did to Tulane last year. That's such an understated win considering just how they had to conduct themselves offensively last year because of injuries. But they went down to New Orleans and shut that two-lane offense down. That lit up Southern mm-hmm. Cal for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> that happened. They're, good. They're a good team. They're a quality football team. They, and they also, having a superstar helps. Yeah. Frank Gore Jr. is a superstar. I was talking with Mike, uh, Mike in Oxford texted us the other day, and I was asking about the Connerly Trophy. He said, you know, would you think Judkins is the favorite and to repeat? And I, was, I said, yeah, of course. You know, But I was like, man... Just you know, the pre—if they did preseason nominees, the top three from the big three schools are tremendous: Judkins, Gore, and Will Rogers. That's a that's a really good starting point. Now, somebody could jump up and have a huge year for for another one of those schools. State is the most likely one to have maybe Woody Marks jump up and yeah, have a big somebody year, or maybe that you're not expecting somebody, or whatever. Somebody defensively that does, you know, and at Ole Miss, Dart could take a step forward and become a much better passer, and could could overtake Judkins there. But Gore is the guy down at Southern Miss. I don't see anybody overtaking him, and he's one of the top five to ten running backs in all of college football. I would love to know how many schools through back channels talk to him. 
I mean, because because Kiffin, uh, Kiffin outright talked about how Judkins got reached out to yeah. by basically the entire SEC. Mm-hmm. I would love to know how many people Frank Gore Jr. said no to. I would not be surprised if Mississippi State was one of them. They obviously were in the market for a transfer running back. They got the kid from Penn State, but I'm sure something was some a feeler was put out down to Hattiesburg to see if Gore would be interested in moving. Obviously, and you know that's just that's just a speculation. I'm just guessing, but I would have done it. Yeah, Coach Haydad would have would have found a way to talk to him. And you know somebody did, and yet he stuck around. So uh, good things happening yeah. down there for uh, for Will Hall. Yet another former SEC player transferring to uh, to Southern Miss. So good stuff there. I did see uh, th- there's a on this similar topic. A I believe it's Sacramento State baseball player is going to be like a freshman mm-hmm. All American. Just hit the portal and yes, friend of the program Kendall Rogers said that's. What's so wrong with the portal? Because programs like this identify players and then they just go somewhere else. And my thought was, well, Kendall, there's a bunch of dudes that never get at bats at big-time programs all over the country that are looking for places to play. So you're only kind of presenting one side of that argument here. You can be like Pat Narduzzi and whine and complain and carry on, even though you yourself also bring in transfers to make your team better. You could approach it like him, or you could approach it like Will Hall, and just okay. But have they had a high-profile player leave? I don't think so. No, not that I'm aware of. No. And I mean, Ole Miss. I, mean, I guess had, Jack Abraham would be the yeah. would be the, the 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 best one. But I mean, I felt like his days were kind of numbered in Hattiesburg at the time, anyway. Mm-hmm. But we hear from people often that. Say things like, oh, well, big schools are just going to poach our rosters here. Hadn't really happened yet. Players have left. Yeah. State had a player go to Georgia. Ole Miss had a player go to Ohio State. Like, But this mass exodus of your players, at least here, hadn't yeah. happened. It just it hasn't, hasn't happened. And, and again, there's going to be it, the, the, the river flows both ways. Players are going to go out, but players are going to come in. Yeah. And if you're replacing players that you recruited, with players you would have liked to have had a chance to recruit it a couple of years earlier, but you couldn't because they had SEC offers, then that's a good trade. Yeah. You'll be okay. Yes, uh, yes, it is. Food Friday. That's right. It's a Food Friday. Send us what you're cooking this weekend. 601-879-4395 to the text line. What is going on the grill or what are you cooking this weekend? Send them to us. We'll talk about it next. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borkey's Brian Haydad. We spent a lot of time, by the way... The entire first hour and a half of this show, actually, talking about some pretty significant college football news, at least in the SEC. They've got the spring meetings coming up this coming week, and we thought it kind of felt like a formality that they were going to go to nine conference games. Well, apparently support for that is dwindling, and even Nick Saban is against it, probably posturing to try to get his permanent opponents changed, but still... It is not a done deal at all. And in fact, we might even stay at eight, even if they just kick the can down the road for a couple of years. If you missed any of that conversation, we have a podcast. 
every day, about 20 minutes or so after the show ends, commercial-free, you get every second of this show for you. Check it out. The Sports Talk Mississippi podcast, wherever you get them, just search Sports Talk Mississippi, subscribe, and you won't miss a second of the show. Also, if you're an Ole Miss fan, you got the Rebel Report, same podcast app, search Rebel Report, Ole Miss only. You have Thunder and Lightning, hosted by Robbie Falk, and then uh-huh. some some other guy. Uh, anyway, Ole Mississippi uh-huh. State. <laughs> Ole Mississippi State every day. Thunder and Lightning, and the Eagle Hour. Except for today. As, except for today. But, eh, that's all right. Except for today. It's a holiday weekend. I started my Memorial Day a little early. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. And, of course, the Eagle Hour. So check them out. Our podcasts available for you everywhere you get them. But it is time for Food Friday. Text us, 601-879-4395. What are you cooking this weekend? Because it's time for a Food Friday. Some of the most fun we've had on this show is talking about our obsession with great barbecue and cooking out every Friday right here at this time at 520. It's 5.22, but whatever. We'll talk about just that. Food Friday is brought to you by our good friends at Polk's Meat each week. We talk about uh, our favorite ways to grill their delicious Polk's Original, their Cajun or garlic and green onion sausages, as well as our other barbecue favorites. No buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polk's. Brian Haydad. What are you cooking on this holiday weekend? Let's do a pork butt this weekend. Yeah. Why not? Let's do some pulled pork for Monday, uh, for, for Memorial Day. Because I have the day off. I'm used to that. So uh, I'm gonna go. I'll, I'm actually going to head to the grocery store uh, when we get out of here and go pick out a nice one. We'll do that. We'll just do some sandwiches. I don't know about, a, I don't know about sides just yet. I don't know. i got to think about that. What's well, your I like method? Coleslaw, so that's, that's, I do the snake method on the Weber kettle and just let it sit there. I might, I might wrap this year. I might wrap this time. I, I normally don't. I like to just build up that bark. But what is the snake method? Well, when you, you know, you have a, a Weber kettle, right? You can't just you can't just you know put it on one side. It's very difficult to just put it on one side and leave it there. So, what you do is you basically make a C with your charcoal and your wood chips, right? So you put the pork in the middle where there's no coal, then you just light one end, and it just takes it around. And it'll keep the temperature in the kettle between, you know, 250 and 300 the whole mm-hmm. time. And then you put a, a wood chunk in there every now and then to put some smoke on it. And that way the, the heat doesn't ever flare up or anything like that. And you get, with the, if you, in a Weber kettle, you can get a good eight hours, eight, nine hours if you put enough coal in there. Wow. And you just gotta, but you got to leave a little gap yeah. between it because otherwise it'll start going both ways and then you don't want that. That's that's a big topic these days, evidently. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, going both ways. Nobody wants to talk about that. It's very, very controversial. Did you do you inject ever? No, I never do. No, just put a good rub on there. Sometimes I just do salt and pepper. Do Texas style. Yeah, I saw a guy that put tallow inside. You can do that, but but I thought oh, that's, inside. Yeah, that, that that's gonna be a, a little, little much. much. Yeah. No. Nah. I said I I wanted to do the meat church Mexican pork butt for a few weeks now, but I don't know about doing tacos on, on Memorial Day. But we'll see. I might do it. Hey, we are the melting pot of the world, tacos. aren't we? That's what they say. Get a pellet grill. Okay, yeah, Mike, you, you send me the money, I'll buy it today. <laughs> the other problem with me buying a pellet grill is going back. You know, you know, I have no lights outside. I have no outlets outside. So where am I plugging that thing in? You have no outside lights at all. 
I, I finally got one like a few months ago, but okay. for the most part, no. I mean, I don't have I don't have an outlet for it though. It's plugged in in something in the house. I thought Richard was supposed to do that for you. Well, you know, <laughs> oh, fantastic. <laughs> Fair enough. Have you ever done beef cheeks? I saw them at the store yeah. this morning, and I I thought I I'm gonna grab those, and I didn't, but I want to. That's a lot of trimming. It's a lot of trimming. Just go and be prepared for that. You're going to buy about a, f- a five-pound pack of thing and maybe get two and a half pounds of meat out of that. So you, what, 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 the people I have, I've watched videos on, and, and I would suggest watching a video. Uh, Chud's Barbecue has a good one. Malcolm has a good one. Um, but they tell you, buy more than you think you need. You can always, if you have too much, you know, just put it back in the freezer or whatever. But if you want to get like four or five good beef cheeks for tacos for barbacoa or whatever, buy more than you think you're going to need. That fatty, huh? It's, uh, yeah. I mean, think about it. It's a cheek. Oh, true. <laughs> it's the cow's cheek. I mean, there's, there's yeah. not a lot going on there. So, yeah, but that said, that is once you get it rendered down and you smoke it and you, you, you get it tender, that's some delicious, delicious meat. I think I'm going to do that. that that's what I'm going to try. If, if they have them anyway, when I go back uh, tonight, that's uh, what I'm going to try to do. J.D. in West Point smoking ribs and brisket. Yeah, buddy. What well, what I need, I'm going to make a sounder for this segment eventually. What I'm going mm-hmm. to do is incorporate uh, the definitely human and totally not a bionic robot, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, <laughs> grilling some meats. Uh, got some brisket and ribs over here. Yeah, I hear the humans like those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff, well, it's JD. One of those Enjoy awkward it. videos of all time. Yeah, sounds good. Blake's doing a couple of butts. Nice uh-huh. Yeah. Beef uh, Franks, jalapeno, jalapeno poppers. And, yeah, sounds good. And I love this line. What the ladies fix for the sides is up to them. I'm not a sides guy. <laughs> I mean, I like them fine. Yeah, it's I just mean, not I a priority make the to sandwiches me. sandwiches and we can have just some chips as far as I'm concerned. I don't like coleslaw. I don't like potato salad. You know, if I'm making something for sandwiches, I don't want to make, like, you know, macaroni and cheese or anything. Yeah. It's too we, much work. We have uh, Smitty in Oxford that's uh, got his wings going on a... Looks like a dry marinade there for a while, or dry brine, I should say, uh, for a little yeah, while. Yeah. But what do you do? Because it's so hard to find wings that are already like cut and processed for you that you have them all intact. Cut you. Do you do you smoke cut them that wings. way or do you cut them? No, cut, chop them. Come on, it's easy. It's easy to cut wings. I know people that keep them all intact, it. and I don't like that. You can do that, but I, I'm not a big fan. I want to have the separation because I definitely don't want the uh, what. Uh, the guy from Meat Church would call a scratcher. I don't want the the, the wing tip on there. That's not really good eating to me. But yeah, I, I always cut my wings up. It's easy to do. It takes a few minutes, and it's cheaper to buy whole wings and cut them up yourself than it is to buy party wings. Yeah. So I don't like when restaurants. Yeah. If, if I go to a restaurant and I get like I went whole to wings? I yeah, went it's... to a barbecue place last time I visited uh, back home in, in South Carolina, and they came out whole. And, and I, did, I didn't like it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Oh, we got some burn-in smoked over the top of a pot of chili. The over-the-top chili, always a good choice. A little warm for chili, but you know what? Whatever. A little bit. That's some salmon from Dwayne and Brandon. looks good. Amanda says you should do apples on the grill. No, Amanda, I'm not going to. Don't like. I don't like apples. What, what, is, the, what is this picture? That's some okra. You're going to fry up some okra, I guess. Uh, ooh, here we go. 
a whole deer backstrap stuffed with candied jalapenos and cream cheese wrapped in bacon and smoked. Yeah. Sounds amazing. That's the height of luxury. Yeah. Are you an okra guy? I'll eat fried okra. I don't I don't want it the other way though. I don't even really want right. it in my gumbo, honestly. I'll it's, eat it's it fried great. too. Yeah, but. I, I want but fried okra is I love fried okra. A little fried okra and a little hot sauce. Yeah, that's 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 a Brian Haydad blue plate special. Yeah. I want that. Amanda says that you would love the way that she grills uh, her apples. I've honestly never heard of that. She might be messy. I bet with I you, wouldn't. But it doesn't matter. I don't want to eat apples. I'm I'm old enough now that I can see. I, that's the great thing about being an old man is I can just be like, no. And when you're a kid, you got to explain yourself and you got to you know do what your parents. I'm 47. No. Just no. Want an apple? No. I don't. You ever, Appreciate the offer, but no. You ever watch Kitchen Nightmares with Gordon Ramsay? Yes. You ever seen the episode where he ordered a grilled salad and he thought that he was getting a salad with grilled meat on it and it was just a, a head of romaine lettuce that they just slapped on the grill? Slapped on the grill. <laughs> sure, grilled lettuce. Let's make grilled lettuce ninety percent water. I mean, he holds What's it up point? and was like, uh, "Joke's on me!" It said grilled grilled salad, and yeah, he's what like, it is. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not not interested. Yeah. Uh, my favorite is when he insults somebody by calling him a donut. I don't donut know why. or donkey. It, it, yeah. Both of them. It is accent. Like, oh, you do not. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. But he's Gordon Ramsay, so. He'd probably enjoy some of the stuff you guys are cooking this weekend. Looks good. Uh, Food Friday, presented by Polk's and our good friends at Polk's Mead. If you have more, we'll keep talking about it when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. Your all-access pass to all things sports in Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. I know it's a holiday weekend, a long weekend. The parking lot of the office cleared out early today, and it's not—it's not just us that's that's here. It's a big building. There's a lot of people that took off early, and as you should, by the way, enjoy your weekend. But appreciate you hanging out with us on your way into it. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad. A few more of your food food messages because uh, why not? Uh, we get this suggestion: fry your wings after you smoke them for crisp skin. Is uh, I do that. I don't, and uh, not for any reason other than once they're done smoking, I just want to go ahead and start eating them. Just an extra step, yeah. you know. If you want to give, but give them five minutes in the air fryer. Just, oh, I don't have know, an air crisp, fryer crisp yet. Richard's supposed to give me in his air fryer, and it hadn't it's happened. Supposed to give me lights, you know. See, you see where counting on Richard Cross gets you in this life. Seriously, he told. So he told you you were getting the lights last year, right? Like in the year 2020 or 2022, I mean. Oh, I may have been earlier than that. Maybe in like 2021. So, Looking I don't know. To that I'm day, not worried though. about it. I, 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 I'm fine. 
your, your parties I don't, I don't grill will, that much in the dark. Will be enhanced though. I guess, especially in the fall, when it's really nice out. I mean, when do I have parties in the fall? I'm working. You have let well, I guess early winter. Yes, that's when we have our Christmas party. But yeah, still, it would be we'll enhanced. See. I mean, and you put lights outside and then anyway. I, I'm, I mean, I, I see where you're going. Amanda on the grilled apple front says, pick a gala or honey crisp apple, core it, fill it with butter, brown sugar, and cinnamon. Wrap it in foil and set on side heat or on the top rack of the oven and cook till tender. Okay. It sounds outstanding. The health benefits are completely destroyed, though. Yes. Yeah. So, but that's what we well, do here yeah. in Mississippi, I, I, right? Yes, we ruin healthy things. It's been, we've been doing it our, our whole lives. As we should. As we should. Kyle said butterfly. This cracks me up, by the way. I don't know what he's trying to say. He said butterfly hot legs with Louisiana wing sauce. Just learned how to butterfly legs. Hot legs. Isn't that a Rod Stewart song? It is. It is. Absolutely. So is he, is he trying to say frog legs or is it just hot legs? Is that a dish I've never or heard is of? Is he trying to say hot wings? He said legs I, I twice. Know. He did. So I don't know. Either way. He sounds excited, so I'm excited for you. And I might listen to Rod yeah. Stewart on the way home now. I love you, honey. <laughs> there you go. Uh, David says, love you guys. Have a great weekend. Between a 12-year-old and a toddler, I'm losing my mind. Y'all keep me sane. Well, we try. Hey, yeah, brother. Although, I feel like if you're relying on us to keep you sane, then you're just getting worse and you don't realize it. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> You may already be out of it, and you just don't know. We appreciate you, David, though. We appreciate you a lot. Uh, are we live on Monday? No, we are not. It's a company holiday. We will not be live on Monday. It will be a best-of show. Uh, as I understand, it will be mostly our college football conversations from the last couple of days. Uh, but Great. we will do all of the selection show stuff on Tuesday. Knock on wood, hopefully, talking about Southern Miss getting a host. That would be great. Uh, but we'll have to wait until Tuesday to react to that. Uh, with uh, with you, so Mike says air fryers are the best. Hundred dollar for tip uh, top of the line. Well, yeah, I was told I'm getting one, and then I haven't gotten one, so I might as well just go splurge. But you're waiting it out now at this point. Aren't yeah, you? I mean, you know, if I'm going to spend a hundred bucks or not spend a hundred bucks and get the same thing, I'd rather not spend a hundred bucks. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. absolutely. Anyway. Herschel says he's almost to Lansing, Michigan. Wow, enjoy your weekend up there. And he gives a shout-out to the Super Talk app. I'll tell you what, if you guys are looking for a budget-conscious, here's your endorsement of the day. If you're looking for a budget-conscious vacation and you don't want to go to the Mississippi Gulf Coast, which, by the way, you should. If, don't don't waste your time going to Rosemary. Get a, Go to Bay St. Louis, get a condo there. you got white sand beaches and restaurants and everything you need for like a fourth of the cost and much shorter drive. But if you're trying to get out of the state, go to Lake Michigan. You've got these little towns on the lake in Michigan that are like stuff out of a a rom-com, like these just perfect little towns, waterfront that you watch a movie and you think, that's not real. Oh, that's real, and it's in Michigan. There's your free uh, endorsement of the day. Enjoy your weekend up there, Herschel. 
How about gas station chicken and tater logs having to work on an ambulance? Hey, sounds pretty good, too. And Ole Miss is promoting it as a recruiting tool. I love that. The, the me, uh, all, all because I love that it's taken off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's about par for the course, of right? Course. With Hugh Freeze trying to find something there. And then, yes, now everybody's taken off. I, I sent in my suggestion to Mississippi State. I don't know if they'll pick up on it or not. So if you don't know what we're talking about, Auburn sent out a recruiting graphic that said, Auburn, the only college with a Bucky's, you know, the giant the only station. SEC school. Only SEC Bucky. school with a Bucky's, you know, the giant gas station, right? <laughs> Bucky's are cool, but they're just a big old gas station. And so right. Lane Kiffin, or somebody in the Ole Miss graphics department, and sent it to Lane Kiffin, a bit of a troll job, where he quoted it and it put the graphic up where it said, Ole Miss, the only SEC school with a Chevron that serves chicken on a stick. Chicken on a stick, yeah. And from there it's taken off. I've seen App State, the only school with a double-decker Wendy's. Memphis, the only awesome. school with a pyramid bass pro shop. It is awesome. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but Oklahoma did one, the only school with an all-you-can-eat Chick-fil-A. And then I just saw another one. Oh, where, where did it go? But they're all fantastic, yeah. So hopefully, I'm hoping State will jump in on this, and uh, I hope they'll use my suggestion. Which was what, by the way? The only school with Muscadine Ripple ice cream. Yeah, perfect. That That's perfect, yes. That's what that's what I suggested. Because no, I know no other school has that. There's no other school that has a muscadine ripple ice cream. I refuse to believe it. Is there anybody else that has their own brand of cheese? I would think so. A lot of your ag schools are probably going to have that. I mean, you know, your Penn State has the state creamery up there. It's a very famous ice cream stop in in the uh, Big Ten. So I, I would assume they make some cheese too. Cleaning the air fryer apparently is a tough task. I wouldn't know. No, nah, yeah. it's not that bad. Dwayne uh, is asking what the hang-up was on the air fryer that Richard had to get permission. Uh, that hurdle, as I understand, has been cleared. <laughs> what kind of world do you live in where you got to get permission to buy somebody $100? It's just 100 bucks. No, it's, he's not even buying it. It's, it's giving it to me because it's not. they don't use oh, it. Oh, come on, man. Yeah. It's just Next time we're all together. You need to you need to be like, hey, bring that air fryer. I'm ready to start enjoying wings that don't take you know two hours to cook. I actually knew this. Uh, you never see her face, but the legs in the Rod Stewart video for the song "Hot Legs" belong to Tina Turner. Mm-hmm. I actually knew that. There I don't you. know why I knew that, there but I knew go. that. May she rest in peace. Yes, sir. It's yep. a big loss there. Yeah. Ooh, we got we got some new breaking information here, by the way. Yeah. On the uh the Brad Bohannon case. Apparently it's tied to the father of a Cincinnati baseball player. And by Cincinnati I mean the University of. And they had they have fired a couple of uh their coaches as well. So this is really this is really getting somewhere. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll read some of this to you guys uh when we get back uh, cuz I, I you know, I don't read it myself uh first, but yeah, we you knew this was going to come, right? You knew that the information yeah. was going to start leaking out because there are rumors are running wild about the initial bet that they tried to put down, and I don't know what to believe. I'm choosing to believe that the number that's gotten all the way up to six hundred thousand is real. It's probably not, but I'm choosing to believe it's real. 
But it's a substantial bet nonetheless. Say the number one more time. Six hundred thousand is is the rumors have gotten that far. College baseball game. Yeah, I wonder why that got flagged. Good lord. Okay. Stupid people are just stupid. Mississippi State has the original Little Deweys. Was a suggestion for the uh, the graphic game. Yeah, but that's that's every every town has their own original restaurant that nobody else has. It's got to be that's something not, that's not good enough because everybody's making fun of Auburn indirectly. So it's got to be something right. goofy that like isn't really right. outstanding, but it is exactly. Everybody has a local restaurant. That's that's not good enough. We gotta go with. We gotta go further. We had another. I, I was told there was another suggestion. Mississippi State, the only school with a wiener dog derby. That's another good one. I like that. I like that one too. To be honest with yeah. you, I hope one of these appears. It needs to because these these are hilarious, um, and also Auburn trying to use having a gas station as. A By the way, pitch. shouldn't it have been like Auburn, the only SEC school with a Bucky? <laughs> Gee. Well, oh, man. So we'll tell you about this Brad Bohannon story when we come back to wrap up the show and wrap up the week with you. Don't go anywhere. If it's happening in Mississippi sports, you'll hear about it first, right here. Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks to Haydad for alerting me to this and the Flying M on Twitter at MSU History for this one. In 1990, 20, no, 33... Thirty-three years ago ago today, you had this. One pitch of a drive deep to left, way back, it is gone. It is gone. A grand slam for Masters. A grand slam for Masters. This crowd is berserk. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's in your top three Mississippi State home runs of all time, in my opinion. I don't want to rank them, but that's in your top three. What's the other two? McNamee? McNamee at Florida State and Tanner Allen against Virginia. What would be the others in the running? Ooh. McNamee's home run, it, it didn't mean anything. State was winning the game handily, but his home run at the end of the Stanford Super Regional would, would be in there just because it was such an incredible moment, something that anybody who was there will never forget. Um, you know, Again, the game was not in doubt, but Kellum Clark's home run that made it 9 nothing, uh in the College World Series, that was the moment where, I, I at least for me, I was like, they're going to win this. This game is over. They're gonna win. That would be on it. Um, I'm trying to remember some of like some older ones from back in the day, but none are coming to mind. I'm sure I'm missing some big ones. But I mean, I feel really good about my top three there for sure. 
So we teased this earlier. We'll get to it right now. Here's the latest on the Alabama baseball gambling scandal. Reading from SI and Pat 40, one man's gambling activity is the connective thread between simultaneous NCAA investigations of baseball teams at Alabama and Cincinnati. There's uh, your new twist. And the subsequent firing of three coaches. Multiple sources of Pat 40 say that Burt Eugene Neff Jr., of Mooresville, Indiana, placed wagers that raised suspicion at the sports book at the Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati before the Alabama LSU baseball game on April 28th. Sportsbook surveillance indicated that Neff was in direct communication with Crimson Tide coach Brad Bohannon at the time he placed the wager. Sources say Brad Bohannon was fired on May 4th. Two Cincinnati staffers, assistant Kyle Sprague and operations director Andy Nagel, were terminated on May 17th for what sources say was knowledge of Neff's gambling activity, which the men did not report to school administrators. The school launched an internal review on May 8th and publicly acknowledged the dismissal of the two on May 24th. It is not clear whether Neff placed wagers on Cincinnati games. Help me out here. Those guys got fired because they knew this guy was placing bets on baseball games? Why is that their responsibility? Unless it was on Cincinnati There's baseball gotta games. has got to be... There, there's got to be well. There's got to be some sort of if you're a coach and you know this is happening, you have a responsibility. I mean, contracts have got to say stuff like that because it'd be no different than uh, than NCAA violations, wouldn't it? If I'm a coach and I know that you're paying off recruits, I have yeah. you know I have a responsibility to do that. Otherwise, that's how you get lack of institutional control. Neff's son, by the way, so the guy that placed the bet for Bohannon is a pitcher on the Bearcats baseball team. And also a former teammate of Neff's son is also on the team. So there you go. The plot thickens. That's where we are right now. Yeah, and uh, for what it's worth, the, the guy placing the wagers uh, pitched at Louisville and Indiana in the 90s, and he's been a coach and an administrator with youth, youth baseball teams around the state of Indiana. He is allegedly... Well connected within the youth baseball and college baseball circles. This is a sordid, sad affair. It's just going to keep getting worse. There, I, 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 Bohannon will never coach again. That's that's a done deal for me. But he may he may go to jail. I, I don't see how he's going to avoid going to jail. Yeah, the article does mention that there are legal ramifications that can come from doing what he did. Yeah. Makes you wonder how deep it is. That that line about him being well connected and also I thought you were about to go another way with that too, by the way. No? Or yeah. Well connected to the Cincinnati underworld or something. (laughs) Yeah. Like just in the baseball world. To to the Soprano crime family. Um and then Cincinnati firing coaches makes you wonder if there was more. And the NCAA can't subpoena people, but yeah. the actual authorities can. That's where this is headed, I feel, for sure. Yeah. So if he was doing this for anybody else, we'll find out soon. We will. Thank you guys for joining us. Enjoy your long weekend. We'll be back on Tuesday for Richard Cross, who will be with us on Tuesday, and Brian Hayden and Michael Borky. Enjoy your holiday weekend. Be safe. Be smart if you're going to be on the boat. Don't be stupid if you're going to be, be driving. Back this Tuesday. Uber and Lyft are much cheaper than a DUI. So just be safe out there. Or a funeral home.
or a funeral. So be, be smart. Be safe out there, and we'll see you guys on Tuesday. Y'all have a good weekend. business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll, MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff, MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.